Just fire the motherfucker already. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the hour where there's nothing left to prove. Experimental agriculture. It's a perfect world being burned. This is the maniacal hour. Pure 100% underground. Powered by the emotion of self-passion. This is how we get down. It's the rain all about it. Evidence coming to take control. You know, man, the more and more I watch that, the more and more I'm realizing, like, there's so many people in that opening video that are featured that are in other companies now. It's not just, like, the characters are dated. Like, they're not even there anymore, (laughs) man. It's crazy because that video is not that old. Shit changes in under a year, Jago. Big time. Wow. Crazy. Crazy, right? And I was going to say to you, that intro never gets old. I'm talking about the music side of things anyway. Yeah, shout out to Left 4 Dead, my old homeboys, yeah. We used to run with those guys, tour the country. It was a great time. You are listening to The Blow Off, presented by the Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com. Of course, blowoffpod.com. I am your host, Dr. Jargo, PhD. Joined alongside the COVID kid. He's the man from down under. He's the GAG from the PWC. He's my man, Jimmy T. Welcome back to your show, brother. We finally got things together. We're finally live in people's ears holes motherfucking facebook man seriously i get every everyone else's freaking notifications but yours until i logged into my messenger and i was like what the fuck yeah what the fuck what the hell is going (laughs) on man you know speaking of what the fuck uh, i I don't know if you saw the message i sent you the other night i went to go register goatfuckers.com and uh thirty four hundred dollars it's for sale if anybody wants to donate thirty four hundred dollars to the show so we can register goatfuckers.com so you can find the show on the youtube stream maybe the <laughs> facebook stream you know we'll simulcast all of it it's absolutely insane man thirty four hundred dollars like what the hell why so expensive i have no idea like clearly somebody owned goatfuckers.com <laughs> and didn't want it anymore and now they're trying to sell the domain it's absolutely absurd motherfuckers man just give it up crazy crazy we are a family friendly <laughs> show in case you know, hadn't, hadn't caught on to that uh jimmy t time to talk the latest in the world of professional wrestling and there is one story that is worth talking about when it comes to the world of professional wrestling and it's not jeff hardy that's some real world shit that we'll talk about here in a little bit <laughs> the, the the monday night raw ratings we'll talk about that here in just a little bit um but we got to talk about king switch Switchblade Jay White atop the world of professional wrestling once again, your new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. We would not be leading the show this week with Kazuchika Okada had he retained the championship like I certainly expected that he would. Um, but King Switch once again atop the New Japan world. And, you know, as much as he makes the rounds, he actually can call himself a world champion in an era where there hasn't been a real world champion in a very long time. A lot of poses out there, Jago. A lot of them. Until King Switch himself beat Okada just a couple nights ago 
and dude clean i'm happy i mean like mostly clean clean it was clean what do you mean it was well, clean I mean, there bro. was some interference from gato right, earlier but... on in the match and whatnot but i mean as far as that sequence went Okada goes for a Rainmaker, Switchblade reverses it into a Blade Runner, one, two, three, new world champ. Like, it, <laughs> it, it's as clean as you're going to beat Okada. Well, first of all, his promo after the match was freaking awesome. Tremendous. I love this, dude. Yes. Tremendous. Absolutely buried Hangman Page in the process, too, man. <laughs> loved it. Like, absolutely loved it. He, see, that's the thing, man. Automatically, you give him that belt, he just becomes like this beast dude i don't know what it is that iwgp world title and and jay white just go hand in hand bro and when them two get together man they're unstoppable dude i don't know they just go with each other bro well i mean it's funny because jay white in an era where people don't draw um he doubled the seats in osaka from the last time they were there uh, he single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden, in case you haven't heard. And oh, now he is nice. officially claiming that he is the man who has single-handedly <laughs> sold out the United Center. Um, I love the promo backstage where he basically said, great. you know, I ran all these elite guys out of here. And if it wasn't for me, AEW wouldn't even exist. And you're welcome. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it just absolute money stuff from Switchblade Jay White. I just, I want him on a grander platform, and I don't know if Forbidden Door is going to be that platform. Did you see the New Japan qualifying match for this All Atlantic Championship oh. thing? Like, if you thought it was insulting that Hiroki Goto took on Hiroshi Tanahashi for Tanahashi's spot to face John Moxley for the interim AEW World Heavyweight Championship. If you thought that was a joke like I did, this <laughs> is even worse, man. Did you see who this qualifying match is between? Well, isn't it between Tanahashi and, and Goto, right? Wasn't it? Well, 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 so Tanahashi won that match as expected, right. but for the All-Atlantic Championship, the new AEW I Championship, I New Japan is having two qualifying matches. Um, the first match I can kind of get behind, but like this is so clear. It's it, it's ridiculous. It's going to be Tomohiro Ishii taking on Yoshinobu Kanemaru. What? Right. Like, why is Kanemaru in this match? Like, there is a zero reason why Kanemaru should be in this match. Ishii, I'm, I'm fine with. He's been introduced to the AEW audience. He's a, he's a wonderful addition to the match. I'm fine with that. But Yoshinobu Kanemaru? The heel master? Really? Like, the, this dude's gimmick is he's a bad dad who walks around with a whiskey bottle and spits it in his opponent's faces. He's the pin eater for Suzuki-gun. But Why? Like, why? Well, and if you thought that was bad, representing New Japan strong is Clark Connors. I'm, I'm totally down with that, right? Yeah, no, he's good. He's good, man. No, to to represent strong, I'm Fair fine enough. with that. His opponent, Tomoaki Honma. What? Honma? Honma, the... the the motherfucker, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, like... The Japanese you know, the Hulk Hogan, Hogan. ripoff. Yeah, yeah. Then he talks like he can't even talk properly. Well, he had his larynx crushed in a match. I know, so, I, I mean, I, I, I forgive him for sounding like a Japanese uh, dragon. And, but he misses the <laughs> kokushi. He falls on his head. That damn it. 20 years ago, Honma wouldn't belong in this match. <laughs> Definitely not. 
Nah, man, that's silly. Why? See, already, not only has Tony Khan got his Atlantic shit and the water's all wrong, right? But he's getting... I don't know who booked this shit, straight up. I don't either. Seriously, if it was friggin' TK, bro, get off the fucking... Get off that fucking yibbity-yibbity shit because it's affecting him, man. That's bad booking, bro. It is. It's very bad booking. Um, did you see that they have had the G1 Climax announcements? Yes, I sure did. So this year is going to be exhausting. Um, we're doing Big. four blocks of seven men. So we, we have 28 guys inside of this year's tournament, led by Kazushika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tetsuya Naito, the usual players, Hiroki Goto, Tama Tonga, Shingo Takagi, Chase Owens finds his way oh, back into the tournament. Please. Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, Evil, <laughs> representing New Japan Strong, Filthy Tom Lawler. I'm actually really excited about that. Um, That's that'll good. be cool. That's awesome. Uh, Juice Robinson hopefully can show up for the G1 Climax. He, he lost his uh, IWGP United States Championship. Will Ospreay now running around with that, even though he doesn't have the belt and he's very unhappy about it. Jonah, Yoshihashi, Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, Jeff Cobb, The Great Okan, Aaron Hanare, Will Ospreay, Sonata, Switchblade Jay White, Kenta making his return, El Phantasmo. Moving up to the G1 Climax from the Best Thank of Super God. Juniors. Uh, right. Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., Lance Archer, who got Surprising. a huge pop in Osaka, as well as David Finlay. Um, I am a little surprised there is not more and quote-unquote higher card representation from All Elite Wrestling on this year's list for the G132, especially with four blocks. Yeah, dude, I'm not going to lie. I was looking forward to hearing I'm happy for seeing, Lance. You know, Don't get me wrong. Lance, by all means, absolutely, right? But I thought Brian Danielson wanted to be part of this. Did he not say he wanted to be part of this shit? Well, it, even like an Adam Cole. Hangman Even Page. Adam Cole. Even Hangman, um, right. You know, somebody well, who, who it has a bit of history with New Japan that would have been viewed as more of that upper echelon. I mean, I thoroughly expected Moxley to be in the G1 Climax. That's a big one that's missing. Danielson, as you mentioned. Um, and then I thought maybe we'd even get somebody like a, a Daniel Garcia inside of the G1 Climax. Somebody who's still making their way that guys can go out and beat on a nightly basis, basically, right? But it would have been great experience for the kid. I'm just, I'm really surprised, especially when I look at some of these names. Um, El Fantasmo really surprised me. Um, Aaron Hanare does not belong in the G1 Climax this year. Yoshi does not belong in the G1 Climax this year. Um, Jonah is a little bit of a surprise. I'm happy about Filthy Tom. Um, Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, Tamatonga, I know he's getting a singles push, but he does not belong inside of the G1 mm-hmm. Climax. Not this year. Uh, Chase Owens, I'm not sure if I mentioned him yet. But, like, mm-hmm. there's a long list of guys that you could have put some AEW guys in there, and they didn't. I'm puzzled and confused, Jago. I was, I'm not going to lie, man. I was a little disappointed with the announcement. But do you think this forbidden door is quickly closing up? Do you think there's trouble in paradise shall we say, Jago, because something's off, dude. 
Well, and there is a little bit more tension than has probably been added to this thing. I had kind of hoped that we would get a Los Ingobernables reunion inside of Forbidden Door with some kind of combination of Andrade, Roosh, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and that was stupid of me to even think of that um, because as soon as I saw the news today, I was like, oh, yeah. I should have thought of that um, because of the politics between CMLL and AAA. We will not see Los Ingobernables and we will not see the Lucha Bros working Forbidden Door either. Um, wow. Yeah, that's Excuse kind me. of a big blow, man. And it's Indeed. all because of politics in Mexico that has absolutely nothing to do with New Japan Pro Wrestling or AEW. But that's where these guys make their bread and butter. And I, I can't hate on them for that. How does this shit work, dude? I don't, I don't understand. I know CMLL is the ones that are with um, New Japan, right? Correct. Triple A, Triple R, whatever you want to call them. Triple A. Triple R, whatever you want to say. Is that right? Is that how you do it? I can't do it. But, but the point is, why does this affect specifically Andrade? And what about like... Because Andrade works other... a lot for Triple A. And the same but with he... the Lucha Bros. So, so this in triple A because triple A and AEW are kind of together. Right, New right. Japan and CMLL are tightly together. They've been tightly together for a very long time. Oh. Um, but so they CMLL and triple A, it's like Mexican drug cartel stuff. Like you do <laughs> yeah. not work together in any way, shape, or form. It's not like the American independent scene, maybe more like the American independent scene from like, you know, 40 years ago, but not so much anymore. But yeah, this is kind of a big blow to Forbidden Door because I was looking forward to seeing at least Naito, Roosh, and Andrade all together again. It's been what? At least a decade? Oh, close to it. I think about eight years, man, or thereabouts, man. But yeah, no, that to me, it's, it's weird. It's stupid. It's childish because everyone's intertwined here, dude. Like, at the end of the day, why should it affect Andrade when he's working for AEW? AEW's working with New Japan now. So, you know, it shouldn't... Isn't he mainly signed with AEW, correct? Isn't that really his bread and butter? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not well, sure... Like, I'm not sure who priority one is in the world of the Lucha Bros as well as Andrade. Um... If Roosh could get back into AAA, um, I would be amazed if he's not the mega champion by the time Forbidden Door happens. I mean, like... Well, speaking of Roosh, where is Roosh? Ever since Double or Nothing, he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, that, that's what I like to call uh, pro wrestling blue balls. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like they, they give you just enough to get you excited and then they back it off. Oh. Yeah, but do you think it is pro wrestling blue balls? Or I, this is not meant to happen? I mean, that's hard, man, because when it I is, think of it is. as a fan, I love Roosh. I, I like too. as far as like a talent goes, he is one of the best in the world, unquestionably. Absolutely. But no don't ask him to lay down and be looking at the lights at the end of the night and don't <laughs> expect him to sell a whole lot because he, he that's just not what Roosh does. He is the bull, and he runs through people. Um, and if you don't have a plan for him, don't use him. 
because if he's got something to sink his teeth into and you can keep him occupied, then great. But he is not the kind of talent that you want to push into a main event spot. He doesn't quite win it. And then you just back off of him and you don't pay any attention to him or like the, the Lucha bros push. That's like, it was really, really hot. And then we back it off and we never actually go all the way with them. Andrade is starting to get to that point with me where it's like, are we going to do something or what? Um, because the Hardy family office thing was an absolute dud. And then you tease me with reuniting Los Ingobernables inside of AEW and nothing, nothing, you know, (laughs) I I don't understand that. Neither do I, dude, neither do I. And you know what, dude, and speaking of Rush and Andrade not being able to be part of the G1, how good would have it been if Ray Phoenix and friggin' Penta being part of it? Imagine that. I I think that would have been awesome and great. But it didn't happen, unfortunately. So whatever the case, I don't know what's going on with these bullshit politics. I don't know if it's AEW, I don't know if it's New Japan, if it's uh, CMLL or AAA. But something's not right on the way to Forbidden Door, dude. Like, I don't know, man. And I feel like the matchups are not going to be as great as we think they were supposed to be, dude. No, but if if they actually show that promo from Jay White on AEW where he buries Hangman Adam Page. They won't. You want Okada? You want Okada? That's fine. You can have him, but you ain't fucking getting this. I thought that was just a tremendous line. And then to pivot to Adam Cole and talk about Adam Cole, too, and be like, we're very, very proud of you for winning the Owen Hart Invitational. (laughs) Great job. You know, like, it it was just... there, you think, bro? Like, like... uh... Like, it's funny. Is Adam? Are they going to use up Adam Cole pretty much and spit him out? Because I feel like they're going to turn on him anyway. He's not really Bullet Club anymore. Well, I... Eh. Well, technically he is, but he's not. Like, you know what I mean? Is the elite still considered Bullet Club, Chago? They shouldn't be. Um, I thought that was but, pretty well established uh, right. when they beat the shit out of Kenny. Right, but that's all out the window now, right? I mean, it's like we've forgotten, but... Well, no, because Jay hasn't really had a whole lot to say about much of anything at this point. So, but I do think Jay White was also talking about Kenny without mentioning his name in the promos. Oh yeah. So, don't be surprised. Hopefully, I'm hoping. I don't want it to be next year. I don't want it to be at the end of the year. I'm hoping Kenny is very close to returning, and he turns shit upside down with Jay White, dude. Because if we can go on to a proper feud between these two, because they've got a lot of unfinished business. It's got potential to be the shit, bro. Especially right now. The way, like, how much more elevated Jay White is right at this point compared to the first time they clashed, it's night and day, bro. Well, and it's it's weird to even think this, but, I mean, if you take Roman Reigns out of the equation, because what Roman Reigns brings to the table inside of a WWE context is very, very different than what any other pro wrestling champion is bringing to the table is Jay White not your number one draft pick like regardless of what company you're in I mean for anybody at this point fuck yeah for me and people laugh at me for saying that shit right they don't understand like even though I'm looking at you Jeff Lippman he thinks Jay White is not that good there's heaps of people but you know what I don't think they've watched him enough to understand how good he truly is man and yeah hell yeah bro right now if I had to pick heck for the last year up until actually Forget his impact run and shit, but the last, like, year and a half, roughly, right, he's been killing it, bro, really. You know what I'm saying? 
other than his impact shit. Forget that. I mean, he, he pushes the needle. He does. He does. And he owns Kazushka Okada, which is a nice Three touch. One, isn't it? 4-1 now. Oh, 4-1. There you go. Um, yes. And I, I feel like it, that's important because as great as Okada is, and Okada was great in that matchup against Switchblade Absolutely. too. I mean, fuck yeah. But as great as Okada is, he, he has to have that foil. You're only as good as your opponent, right? And for, for the bad guy to own the traditional champion inside of that context, the way that they present professional wrestling is a real necessity. It was Kenny, but now Jay has really <laughs> yes. stepped into that role. Now, finally, I think after the last five years, four to five years, I think Jay White can actually say officially he's taken over from Kenny, dude. Like, officially. It's taken him a lot longer, but I think now he's finally achieved what he was meant to achieve a long time ago, dude. And he is the only man inside of New Japan professional wrestling that can say he's won all the belts. Literally, he has. <laughs> he actually has. At this no point, he's won out. everything, except for junior titles, and I don't see him dropping that kind of weight. Just Forget saying. junior titles, bro. <laughs> Forget that shit. Nah, man. Jay White is so good, bro. Like, I don't understand how people don't see it. There's still... I don't understand how the American companies don't just put him on their television and let him be Switchblade Jay White. Like, we get little doses here and there, and that's what I don't understand. If we don't get him on on Dynamite tomorrow night, because don't be surprised if he's already flown out to the States, dude, right? Trust me. I'm expecting him to make an appearance, even if it's a whole Bullet Club invasion for all I care, right? If I don't get an ending on Dynamite where they've just laid out all of AEW flattened and Jay White's in the middle of the ring holding up his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship while cutting a ruthless fucking promo at the end of Dynamite to the point where Shivani says, like, old school, see you next week, like he used to say on on Nitro, I'd be utterly disappointed, bro. Well, I mean, I feel like Tanahashi needs to show up um, for sure. Osprey is already teasing that he's on his way over. Um, mostly because he wants to go to Orlando and beat up Juice Robinson and <laughs> take his belt. Um, Jay would be an interesting one. That's for sure. Because I'm not sure where you go with Jay White going into Forbidden Door now. Um, well, do they try to push Hangman versus Switchblade? Because I feel like that ends very poorly for Hangman Adam Page. Oh, it definitely does, and it should, in my opinion. But does it work for Hangman? I don't know, but where else do you go right now, Jago, really? I'm afraid that crowd in Chicago, where you have some of the smartest fans in the world, and this is going to be a travel event. People are going to fly in from all over the freaking place for this. I'm afraid that those fans are with Switchblade and not Hangman. I hope so, bro. I, I mean, so. if they are, but that's not good for Hangman Adam Page at all. Hey, stiff shit. He might be bringing these cowboy shit, but it's stiff shit in Chicago, bro. <laughs> what I'm did sorry, you make of that, that post match promo with, with with Jay White? Love and it, dude. getting the fans to cheer because it, bro. that very much felt like a babyface promo to me. Man, I'm not going to lie. And I mean, Osaka's weird. Osaka's like a New Dude. York crowd. It's like a Chicago crowd. It's, it's just the smart fans of the Japanese pro wrestling right. scene live in Osaka. But, I mean, 
that really felt like a babyface promo. You know why, dude? Because let's be honest, man. He's not only representing Bullet Club, but he's carrying New Japan on his back too, bro. He's literally flying the flag for Which for is New ridiculous because he hasn't been in Japan for a year. I know. What's been, what, two months, if that? Not even, dude. A month and a half, maybe, if that? It's crazy. But he's, but he is, though. Am, am I wrong in saying that? He really is representing New Japan in every sense, and not just Bullet Club. I mean, I think he's proud to, like, represent New Japan, and I think he really wants to show why New Japan are the best game in town, bro. You know, it, it's weird because... People ask me all the time about factions, and I've, I, I did a show with John Paz about factions and what's the greatest faction of all time. And I mean, the sexy pick is like Horsemen, NWO. Uh, NWO is hard to beat, though, bro. Yeah, but when you look at the influence of the NWO, it was a really, really short time. When yeah, I look well, at what Bullet Club is and has been doing. With AEW, you have, of course, all the Bullet Club guys are on top. Bullet Club has been running Japanese pro wrestling now for the better part of a decade. Yeah. I look at Monday Night Raw, and the, the, the main feature acts that I want to see are AJ Styles and Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, who would have been in the Bullet Club if he would have been sticking around long oh, enough to be, be in the Bullet Club. Like, Ooh. unquestionably, he would have been Bullet Club. For sure. And I just look at where all these guys are, and they said they wanted to change the face of professional wrestling 10 years ago, and now here we are 10 years later, and Cody, for God's sake, member of Bullet Club, people forget about that. I mean, but the elite in Bullet Club literally run the pro wrestling world, and then there's the Samoans on the other side, and it's like, you know, a family war, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. crazy. Like, but those two families run pro wrestling. And you know what? You just made me think of something just now. It's not just that, though. It's it's also the fact, like, New Japan now as a whole, I think, is is really gaining momentum. And I think everybody at New Japan is starting to sink, dude. As and, and when I say sink, I'm talking about representing New Japan pro wrestling. Sure, the elite. Because look, think of it like this. New Japan wrestlers right now should be bitter, dude, with AEW. In many ways, they took what they built first, bro. Especially oh, yeah. when it comes to the States. Absolutely. All right? When it comes to your Western audience, if it wasn't for the Bullet Club or New Japan for that matter, really, we wouldn't have AEW. All right? That's a fact. And Chris Jericho. I mean, Jericho oh, is yeah. absolutely right. a vital part of this thing, and you have to give him his credit. You have to absolutely. give him his thank yous. We are contractually obligated to give my best friend, Chris Jericho, a thank you anytime we talk about the origins of AEW. Absolutely, and that's why Jay White's promo was even better than what people fucking realize because it has a lot of that and the disdain for what AEW has created and what the elite have done. You know it works itself. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. People want to talk about MJF and, and Switchblade Jay White. Those two guys are probably the most kayfabe characters in all of pro wrestling at this point. I mean, and because we, and, and 
we've seen this emotional side from Jay White before too, where he tries to get people to cheer or when he lost at Wrestle Kingdom and he's almost in tears and he's, you know, I said, this is what I was going to do and I didn't do it. And I, and I've let all of my fans down. Like there's a hell of a baby face in there. And we saw that on excursion inside of ring of honor. Like he was a white meat baby face of all white meat baby faces (laughs) so much. So he shows up with this switchblade gimmick and we're all like, that shit ain't never going to work. And now he's arguably the best performer in professional wrestling as far as a complete package goes. And so you put that guy on top and opposite of Kazushka Okada, the greatest professional wrestler of a generation. Absolutely. Now picture this, Jaga. Imagine MJF and the Switchblade in the same ring, bro. If MJF could work as good as Switchblade Jay White, he would be my number one pick. But when it comes to the in-ring... Jay White is the best counter wrestler I've ever seen in my life. He will find a way of whatever you're going to throw at him, and he will somehow counter it into a Blade Runner. That is all of his offense is whatever you're going to do. I will find a way to reverse it into my offense. And it's amazing, especially for a heel. Absolutely. And not just that, dude. And and people and our listeners might fucking scoff at what I'm going to say. But pound for pound, all right, you compare MJF to Jay White, yeah. Sure. MJF probably has has him on the mic just, all right? Just. And that's debatable still, but I'll give MJF his his come up and there, all right? Only because everyone will be fucking going in a hoorah if, if I, don't I know. Jay right? White has cut some really good promos in his career. Absolutely, he has. And he doesn't have to be that scathing as uh, MJF has, even though he's very like he's got a lot of language in his promos, don't get me wrong. But he doesn't need to get that friggin' scathing and personal to deliver his fucking, his shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I prefer about Jay though? The thing that Jay has on Max when it comes to his promos is his, it's the cadence is pretty similar, right? And the content is pretty similar, but Jay White's dynamic and knowing of when to take it up and when to bring it back down. So that you actually listen to what it is that he's saying, whereas MJF just yells at you. Like very Dude. Dolph Ziggler, he just yells at you. And That's true. That's I true. much prefer the dynamic in Jay's voice. Not just that, Jay White, he, he, you can take a lot. Like, he's very much like an Auden in many ways and possibly could be much better. Like, he's nowhere near as boring as Auden was when he started up. But yeah. he reminds me a lot of Auden in terms of how methodical his promos can be. How, how he just, look at him, he looks like a million dollars, dude. I mean, his body is just, He's like a he, great puts, God. he puts the time in. He's Absolutely. the only guy that can call Hiroshi Tanahashi a fat piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, like, and that well, was just some money mic work for anybody that missed that. Go back and watch that feud. That was great. He's like reaching over, grabbing Tanahashi's like 10% body <laughs> fat, pointed out to him. And it's like, no, look at this. God, it's ridiculous. They're having pose offs and shit. <laughs> well, don't get me started on that on Raw. But anyway. Jay White, pound for pound right now, I dare say, and I'm sorry if, if our listeners don't agree, I would so pick Jay White over MJF right now. Only because the total package, dude. The look, the promo, the in-ring work is second to none compared to MJ, MJF, let's be honest, right? Would you take Switchblade over Osprey at this point? Hell yeah, fuck yeah. Really? Absolutely, yes, I would. I love Osprey, I love Osprey, but right now, Jay White, the momentum... With him, he knows how to generate not just heat, but generate the spotlight right onto him, dude. Where you forget about everybody else 
for the time being other than Jay White. The guy knows, man. The guy gets it. He knows how to deliver his promos and he makes you listen, as you were saying before, Jago. The dynamic is key. Dynamic is key. Absolutely. George Carlin actually taught me that. Dynamic is key. Ah. Um, let, let's shift. Let's talk a little bit of WWE now that we're a half hour oh, into the show. Well, we have to, we're going to talk about how bad it is, but in a little bit different way, because it's, okay. I don't watch it. All right. So I, I can't judge what is going on on the screen and how good or how bad it is, but I can look at the ratings and I can see that other people much like myself, have stopped watching WWE. Monday Night Raw this week scored a .43. No way, dude. 18 to 49. No. A .43. An average wow. of 1.695 million viewers. Our one started with 1.812 million. Our two dropped to 1.74 million the third hour a 1.534 holy shit uh th this is really really bad and i again i'm not even judging what is going on inside of the company but people are just tuning out the wwe um, and they're not going somewhere else. They're not going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're not going to All Elite Wrestling. We're seeing the AEW numbers. They're, they're flat. Like, they're not going anywhere. The people that watch AEW watch AEW. The people that refuse to watch AEW aren't watching AEW. Hey, yeah. The people that are tuning off WWE are tuning off professional wrestling. They're, they're, they're not yeah. tuning and, and switching, right? They're just tuning out. We're like two months away from football, Jim. Oof. And then they'll really be fucked up. <laughs> like, are we going to see where Monday Night Raw is struggling to get to a million viewers? And I, I mean, so. 20 years ago, this seemed insane. Like, to even discuss where Monday Night Raw would be flirting with one and a half million viewers. Um, what do they do here? Because this is not an overnight fix. Like, I... You have to blow the whole thing up and start over at this point. <laughs> blow it up. That's an understatement. Well, first of all, do they even care, Jago? That's the problem. No, because they're making more money than they ever have. There's and, the problem. <laughs> and, and, and Until they start losing money, they ain't going to change shit, dude. I just, for the life of me, cannot understand where they think that these TV deals are going to be renewed with the way that their ratings are. And if you take away that TV revenue, they are not making the most money that they have ever made before because that yeah. TV revenue accounts for something like 68% of their total profit. Absolutely. Um, they, they lose those deals. There's so many people, oh, they, they can just, you know, put it on the network or, oh, now they can just put it live no, on no. Peacock. Well, yeah, they can, but they're not making this show for you and your enjoyment of your Monday night. They're making this show to make money. And if they're exactly. not making the money, they're not going to make the show or they're going to have to have budget cuts. And we know what budget cuts mean. And there's not a whole lot of budget left to cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, that, that's true. But, the, but see, maybe they know something that we don't juggle because they haven't put the emergency break on at all, dude at all though they really haven't and until we know for sure like when do the contracts come up 
with uh, USA and uh, Fox. Next year or two years? It's probably two years. If it's two years, they won't panic just yet. It was yet. a five-year deal, so... Right. With SmackDown, it was a five-year deal. I think with Raw, wasn't it four? I could be wrong. Fox is signed to a five-year deal. I'm not and- seeing. Because Raw, I'm pretty sure, should be coming up pretty soon. What? You got a look on your face there, Jago. What is it? <laughs> oh, this is from December. Um, the headline is USA Network Furious with Record Law, Record Low Raw and want WWE to change to more adult content. Uh, This is from Talk Sport. Um, And this was at 1.737 million viewers. So they've already lost another 100,000 since then. Jeez. But when was their, when was their initial deal? I could have sworn it was a four-year deal or it was five, but it was signed a year before SmackDown or something like that. I thought they were, I thought they basically came up at the same time. And I figured that's when they were going to sell. But regardless, these TV negotiations are going to be coming up in the next year. Because I mean, they don't wait until the deal expires to start negotiating this contract. Of course, of course not. But look, the thing that WWE has got for them is the fact them and Universal, you know, they've been together for so many years, dude. I don't think that matters though. I just, I don't well, feel like that matters. It's TV is a, what have you done for me lately kind of business. Right. But is Dick Ebersole still around at Universal or at NBC in general? So. If he is, then they're, they're sweet, dude. Because him and Vince are just, they're besties, bro. Like they, they go way, 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 way back and they're legitly close friends. As long as Ebersole is still around, I just can't see them losing it. Well, losing the Universal deal. Fox, on the other hand, though, Mm, that could be a little different. Yeah, I I, I don't expect this. I because I, I think Ebersol's pretty much been out since his plane You're probably crash. right. He's probably is out, but I don't know if his son has got something to do with NBC. Yeah, I believe still. so. I believe so. so. As long as he, as long as one of the Ebersols are there in family, I think WWE will be all right on the Universal side. But when it comes should be to worried Fox, about Saturday Night Live. My God, they paid me to watch Saturday Night Live pathetic. this past week, and it was awful, dude. Like <laughs> even even getting paid, I didn't want to watch that shit. Like it <laughs> was really that bad. awful. Oh my God, just terrible. I watched it. I have terrible. not watched it since 2004, probably. 0.38 in the 18 to 49 demo for that third That's out. Crazy. Point That's crazy. Point three. Just absolute, absolutely. Well. Well, I'm curious because I see that Matt Riddle is going to be taking on Roman Reigns for the World Heavyweight Championship of the Universe. And like, like, so I've heard, like, so now a stipulation has been added to this thing. What is the stipulation? Well, basically, if he doesn't beat Roman Reigns this Friday on SmackDown, he is not allowed to face Roman Reigns ever again. For the WWE Universal Championship of the World, whatever it's called these days, that's the stip. It's silly and childish, I know. Before that, on SmackDown, he had to win or else he could never wrestle on SmackDown ever again. <laughs> How stupid. I mean, 
What is so? So why are they doing this to Matt Riddle? Like, why is Roman Reigns so mad at Matt Riddle? Oh well, did you see what what uh, Reigns said on Instagram? I think no, dude, he fucking absolutely buried him. Absolutely buried, buried him. It was a great man. I got to find it. It was one of the greatest fucking like little lines on Instagram. Period, dude. Hang on, let me see. Roman Reigns. IG. I'm telling you, dude. It was. He's it, like, I've basically got to go to work like this week. Hold on, hold on. Oh, dude, why can't I? Do me a favor, Jago, if you can. Can you mm-hmm. can you log into Instagram and just go to? Because my Instagram's been playing up, and I can't log in for some fucked up reason. Can you go into um, uh, what do you call it? Roman Reigns Instagram, and just see your status. I'm telling you, you'll laugh. You'll love it. It's actually well done. Maybe it's on Twitter too, but I saw it on Instagram. I, I don't see anything. It was posted early all over Facebook, unless someone fucking did it as a joke. I doubt it though, because everyone was laughing, and it's such a Roman thing to say too. I thought it was fucking brilliant the way it was done. But basically, he was saying, "Oh man, I guess I got to come to work to beat this bum." Oh, here we go. There we go. I found it. It was on. It was on Twitter. He. This is what Roman Reigns said, right? Now I have to leave the private island, jump on a private yacht. And then board the private jet just to smash this idiot on SmackDown. Tribal chief problems. <laughs> That's brilliant, bro. Does Matt Riddle stand a snowball's chance in hell you of beating what, Roman Reigns Friday on SmackDown? I would have said no, right? But I've got a weird feeling there might be a shakeup, dude. Well, I, just I mean, there's, I, there, I there has it. to be a shakeup because. My understanding, anyway, was that Cody was going to defeat Roman Reigns, or Cody was going to win Money in the Bank, cash in on Roman Reigns, take the title from Roman Reigns, and then Roman was going to be taking some time off. That was kind of my understanding, because Roman's been going hard. Like, props to Roman. Like, Roman deserves some time off. But now with the Cody injury... I figured Roman would be sticking around because let's face it, they don't really have a whole lot else going on for him right now. Is there any chance Matt Riddle takes this title from Roman Reigns and Roman gets his time off? Can they can they run with Matt Riddle as babyface of the company for the summer like they did with Big E last year? Look, it will get a pop from the in-house fans. No doubt about it. Everybody will be cheering, but will it pop a rating? I don't know, dude. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with Riddle. Because Although, the last I watched, he was still with RK Bro, right? So, like, well, he still I, is. Well, so it's still literally the same character that we had during RK Bro? The same character. And you know what he says every time he beats up someone now? Bro. That's for Randy, bro. That's for Randy. He's always pointing out to friggin' Orton, dude. And, uh, you know Orton's what could happen? Just murder this kid when he comes. That's back, what I right? think is going to happen, dude. If Riddle does get the belt, say, or belts, then we can segue into an Orton and uh, Riddle feud for like over the summer, right? Until Cody's back and R- Roman's back. Well, I mean, then, then you Roman have money Orton. in the bank is in play, right. and then you can Roman do like, well, oh, or no, Seth, Seth, Seth will win it actually. Well, and do something over on the on the raw side, right? Right. And then you have 
you know, Orton and Riddle for SummerSlam? Yeah, why not? It works. It can work. I just got a feeling that's what they're eyeing, dude. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll I'll be tuning in for that. Really? No. Hey, man. I look, mean, uh, I just, I don't, don't like I, I love Matt Riddle. I hate right. the character that he's playing right now. Like, come on, bro. Like, I am so ready for Matt Riddle to turn heel on Randy Orton. Like, rather than having Orton just, cool. you know, out of nowhere, you know, RKO fucking Matt Riddle, I wanted Matt Riddle to just absolutely beat Orton mercilessly oh. because people love Randy Orton, you know, oh, and then sure. and then you can kind of reframe Matt Riddle as... You know, yeah, I'd like to joke around and have a good time, but oh yeah, by the way, I used to be a professional UFC fighter and uh I, I kinda know what I'm doing in here and I'm tired of being treated like I'm a goddamn joke. Like And he still holds records in UFC too, bro. Right, bro. And, and the, the only problem was he couldn't stop smoking weed, bro. <laughs> that was the problem. That bro. was literally the problem, bro. <laughs> We need to get man. Matt Riddle versus uh, Vince Russo in a bro-off, bro. Oh, God, bro. bro. <laughs> oh, God. Please, no. Can you imagine that? Seriously. Yeah, like, I can. Bro. And they'd be like, bro. <laughs> and bro. I mean, oh, my God. Oh, shit, It'd dude. Be... I love Russo. I love Riddle, but fucking no. Please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, like speaking of enough, no, please. Let's uh, pivot. Let's talk a little bit of all elite wrestling, and we got to start with Jeff Hardy. Uh, oh. Can we just fire this guy already? Um, well, he's he's been suspended instead. So, well, I mean, and at this point, from what we know of Jeff Hardy, I almost feel like anytime Jeff Hardy gets to go be Jeff Hardy, it's enabling Jeff Hardy, and so now we have to take all of that away from Jeff Hardy in order for Jeff Hardy to get better. <laughs> Because Jeff, Jeff Hardy, Hardy will go to rehab and Jeff will get through rehab and he'll, he'll, everything will be fine and dandy for, you know, six months. And yeah. then Jeff Hardy's going to get into a car and he's going to be a, <laughs> as intoxicated as he possibly can. And well, I mean, dude. dude, this is sad. Like at, at a certain point, we have to protect Jeff Hardy from Jeff Hardy. I agree. And before I get serious about it, did you see the memes that are out there right now? No, I haven't been on social media a whole lot. Oh, dude, let me just tell you, this this meme was golden. It was was it Jimmy Uso versus Jeff Hardy Ugh. in on get this for a a license on a pole match, bro. Uh. <laughs> I laughed at that. I'm not gonna lie, that was great. That was fucking good, man. License on a pole match, bro. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> let that sink in that's money point, right there <laughs> it's just sad like i mean it is it is if he doesn't kill himself he's gonna kill somebody else um, that's the issue Absolutely. and You're i mean right. cops had to draw their guns on jeff hardy in order him out of the vehicle this what? time if yeah really? if you if you watch the tmz video um, i know that it's and it's pretty rough. Uh, the blood really? alcohol concentration level 0.294 and point. 291 that is more than three times the legal limit inside of the state of florida which is a 0.08 uh due in court on tuesday his third dui in less than 10 years um this sucks man 
This sucks. Because I feel like the Hardys were going to win the tag titles Wednesday on Dynamite. You'd think they would have had to, right? But see, he fucks up at the most crucial times all the time. That's what yeah. Jeff does, bro. It's it's amazing that he does that at the most crucial freaking points. And you know what? He should be disappointed in himself. I don't know if he doesn't care anymore. Because a part of me feels like he just doesn't give a shit anymore, Jago. He doesn't care if he gets fired. Doesn't care if he gets suspended. He just He's just going to be Jeff. And he's, you know, that that free enigma and he's going to continue to be that no matter what you do with him man until something really bad happens the last thing we need to see is a sunny situation with jeff hardy that would be absolute tragic dude and i kind of feel like that's where we're at you know what well, i mean we're not far off it but as far as i didn't know the guns i didn't know the cops actually pulled out their guns because a lot of places have made it seem like it's not that bad he he um when you're three times bond. like they, they evidently they pulled him over for going too slow and he was swerving apparently <laughs> sideways yeah i mean can you believe that shit and florida is known to be really bad with their laws bro i'm surprised he would even attempt to do that shit in florida well, and i mean the point zero eight is pretty in line with pretty much everywhere that you go at this point some places it's a little higher some places it's a low what do you got down there point zero five bro I think it's point zero six in Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? So yeah. it's still very different depending on the state. Well, I mean, that's not that different. And it's also not no. a whole lot of alcohol. <laughs> True. No, it's not. But point zero eight is kind of lenient. I mean, if we had that here, a lot of people would be like, hell yeah. It's still a shot and a beer. If, if you have a shot and a beer while you are at that's the bar, and then you go and get in your car, you're going to be over that limit at point oh eight. A shot in the beer, you think so? Oh, yeah, depending on... Well, if you're drinking what I drink. Oh, yeah. Hmm, interesting. No, you're probably right. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, what's... See, it's a tough one because the one thing... I'll be honest, dude. You know you know me, I'm a smoker, right? I can drive, like, while being stoned, right? Oh, yeah, but for sure. No problem. Never have an issue, right? But when it comes to alcohol, you cannot drive, bro. If no. you're drunk... You can't drive, like physically, literally. You just, you just can't do it. I feel like it's the only substance that really, oh, and probably real downers, like if they were taking somas and whatnot. Oh yeah. Which you really can't again, drive. with Jeff Hardy, is right. always a risk that there's a combination of things going on. Well, that's where the responsibility has to go on TK, also, man, because he's been making him do some fucked up shit ever since he brought Jeff over to AEW, man, and doesn't seem to really give a shit. Well, I don't know how Jeff much of that. I don't know how much of that is TK saying, "Hey, we want you to do this," versus Jeff Hardy being like, "Hey, I want to do this." But do you really think he wants to continue doing that shit? Because he looks like he doesn't, dude. He looks like he's no pun intended, but broken, man. Well, I, that's I mean, the thing. I, I don't know because I think like, I think there's a large part of it is at Jeff's age, his brain still thinks he can do things that right. his and body can just can't that. do anymore. Right. And Jeff strikes me as kind of the, the, the proud kind of dude that's going to be like, no, I'm going to do that anyway. You know? Crazy, dude. And, and another thing, Jago, do you think it's right with what TK's punishment is towards Jeff? Like suspended without pay? Yeah, absolutely. Until, and also, I would have fired him. him I would have right. fired him, period. You might as well. But get this. They're not going to allow him back or begin to pay him until he's done rehab. 
didn't they do that same thing with Jimmy Havoc? And Jimmy Havoc just plain didn't come back? No, with Havoc, um, it was the Me Too movement. He got Me Too'd. I thought there was yeah. something else with that, though, too. Yeah, he was drunk. He was drunk at a party, at some sort of AEW party, and he was making a nuisance of himself. But they didn't really give a shit about that compared to the Me Too shit. The Me Too was the final straw. <sighs> I th- Uh-oh, Jimmy Frozen. I think he was depressed, too, TK. Like, he's got demons, bro. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've known oh. that about Jeff for a very long time. Now. Yeah, I got you. But I was talking about Havoc, though. He had a lot of demons that he was spilling while getting drunk and shit, and then the Me Too thing happened, and that was it. Gotcha. I mean, I like Jimmy Havoc, but I feel like he's the king of the indies, right? Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like what he does translates to a national audience. Kind of the same thing nah. with Nick Gage. Like, he, oh. like, like, props to the guy. I respect what <laughs> he does, but it doesn't translate yeah. to a national audience. I don't mind Nick Gage. Don't get me wrong, right? But you're right. It does not translate at all on a national spectrum, let alone on a worldwide type of promotion like AEW and WWE. I mean, seriously, MSK? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Think about that shit for a minute. So or aside, the MKS or some I, shit like that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, aside from the the real life issues and shit going on with Jeff Hardy. Let's talk about creatively. Um, So AEW evidently is just playing canceled this match, which tells me the Hardys were supposed to win. Um, Because otherwise, why wouldn't you just go ahead and do the ladder match between the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express and have whichever team was going to win go over, right? Um, Or include like FTR inside of it, you know, just if you wanted to have three teams, maybe the Lucha Bros. I mean, they're always good for a good ladder match, right? Um, (laughs) So so to to just cancel the whole thing altogether tells me that the Hardys were going over here. I mean, does that seem like a logical correlation here? Oh, for sure. I mean, who else was going to go over? Not the Bucks in the ladder match, surely. It would have to be the Hardy boys. Why? Why couldn't you put the Bucks over? Because they've had their run already, dude. If they were to... look, Well, look, they are heels, right? So I guess it would get heel heat, no doubt about it. But, well, and then, I mean, you got them walking around with the tag titles. You got Red Dragon looking at them maybe a little bit sideways. You've got Adam Cole kind of stuck in the middle with his pink Owen Hart championship. <laughs> um, I mean, like... Yeah, I'm so, well, like, you I could, was you fine... Could. With the belts when they presented them to you, Adam Cole I and Britt Baker, I was fine with it. Like, take them home, put them in your going trophy anyway, case. Bro. Like, you won, <laughs> you won this thing. Like, congratulations, happy for you. Um, no, I don't need to see them on TV every week. Oh yes, you will. Absolutely, and you will love not. it, Jago. I mean, like, yes. even like best of Super Juniors G One Climax. Like, you get to walk around with that trophy for about a week, and then people start looking at you like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> yes. Like, come on. It's true, but although they have been sort of milking the um, the best of the juniors trophy, they will until the match. I there mean, I, I, until Hiromu versus Ishimori for the right. title. I mean, they will they will milk the trophy until then because that's all part of the build to that right, match. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's so, typically how it works. And the same thing with the G1. Like, you, you carry the trophy until you get the briefcase. Then you carry the briefcase all the way to the Tokyo Dome. And then once you win or lose the title, nobody ever sees the briefcase again. 
Yeah, but the briefcase is fine. That's cool and all. But the thing is, Jago, you know damn well those Owen Hart belts, whatever the fuck they are, are going to be defended in AEW, bro. Mark my fucking words, dude. Is that, are they going to become the intergender tag team titles? Is, oh, is, no, is that what we do here? Ooh, no, you got to have no, no, Britt no. Baker and Adam Cole defend. Oh. DMD no, baby versus no. uh, Malachi Black <laughs> in the goth cheerleader. Fuck you, Jaga. You're onto something. There it is. That's what it's going to be. I mean, that's way better than trios champs. Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was that was brilliant. <laughs> but it's true, man. But it's true. But. Look, man, enough of the belts already. They already can't get their freaking oceans right in AEW. Bro, I started screaming about belts when they introduced the TNT title. I was like, wait, no more belts. I need, uh, give me the world championship, the women's championship, the tag team championship, and that's it. And then I want every individual male superstar to be chasing that championship. I want every women's star to be chasing that championship. I want every tag team gunning for that championship. And if you get in my way and we have a personal beef, you know what the real beef is? You're in the way of me going for that championship. And that's how you get a championship over. And that's how you add prestige to the title. Instead, we just... We pretend like these things are a fucking joke. I mean, we have Tomowaki Honma inside of this all wow. Atlantic Pacific Ocean. Everybody's obsessed <laughs> with the fucking name. I don't care championship. You know, we, we've got fucking Kyle O'Reilly versus John Moxley. I mean, come on. Yeah. Did anybody really think Kyle was going to win that match? Absolutely not. And the thing is... Not only can they not get their own belts over just yet, I'm talking about AEW, but they add even more friggin' belts. I dare say the TBS Women's Championship belt is the most over title right now. And you know why it's the most over title right now? Because Jade defends that title on a regular basis. You always see her with that title. And she's constantly talking about that title. And there's somebody else constantly talking about that title. I mean, I look at this battle royal that they put together, right? And I mean, right. when you look at like Adam Cole wasn't in this battle royal, Wardlow not in this battle royal, um, who's some of the other Wardlow. big names? Uh, Danielson wasn't inside of the battle royal, uh, Jericho not inside of the battle royal, but the ass boys are in there. It was so the, the ass royal. boys deserve a <laughs> shot at going after the AEW interim championship, but Chris Jericho does not. Or Wardlow. Wardlow rather fucking face like people on his level. I mean, (laughs) Adam Cole. It's stupid. You know. He's got his Owen Hart title now, the the Mixed Match Challenge title, bro. Unless the best guys are trying to go after the championship, it devalues the championship. Hangman Adam Page goes out and, and who was it that hangman squashed on fucking dynamite i forget when beat this up, past week yeah oh was it oh man i forget too dude oh no so goes Japan. out there he, he goes out there he beat oh it was uh david finley he goes oh, out right. there yeah, yeah. He and it wasn't a squash david finley right well i don't know 
I don't know if it was a squash. David Finley got a lot of his shit in, bro. Okay, so Hangman goes out and beats David Finley and then calls out the world champion of another company when he could have just been in the Battle Royal and had the right to face off with Moxley to see if he could go get his title back. Dude, he doesn't care about the AEW World Championship, clearly. He doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? But unless the top guys are going after it, then what does it mean? And if, if, if the title doesn't mean anything, then what is your show about? It's supposed to be about guys fighting for championships. That's Hellboy what the whole shit, fucking bro. premise of the goddamn show is. <laughs> if you won't protect the title, what is the point of the show? You tell me. I mean, Hangman rather win the IWGP World Championship, bro. Literally. And then you have Wardlow. Oh, he's... Wardlow comes out and says, you know, listen, if I'm going after the world title, I want CM Punk. I don't want the interim championship. Okay, I can respect that. But then, then he calls out Scorpio Sky, right? Because he wants the TNT championship. So even he even values the TNT championship more than the interim AEW World Championship, and you know why that is, Jimmy? I know why. Peanut butter jelly? <laughs> it's peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time. Way up, way up, way up, way up. Now there you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. Peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly. Yep, Brilliant. that's right. All hey, the peanut butter jelly complaining. sandwiches you can eat if you win the TNT championship. Hey, there you so go. So not I only mean, did he bury the AEW interim world championship, he's also going to get fat. When he wins yeah. that title, he's going to get fat from all the peanut butter jelly. I mean, shit, why not? I mean, we can go from cowboy shit to fat shit. There you go. He's Literally. a fat, stupid pig. <laughs> Didn't someone call him that? Who called him that? MJF. Oh, that's right. There you go. You're right. He's a fat, stupid pig. See? MJF called it. There you go. He, well, he did. He absolutely did. So it is peanut butter jelly. I mean, shit. What is the AEW Interim Championship anyway? I mean, clearly, their own, the AEW themselves are shitting on it. You know what I mean? Until Punk gets back. And you know what, Jago? I'm hearing that Punk's injury is actually not as bad as first reported. Um, I heard that Punk's injury was exactly what we reported. Well, um, yes, that's true too. But the surgery went very, very well. That's what and I. And apparently, he'll be back within two months. Yeah. So, what's the point of an AEW interim championship then? Really, if it's only going to be that amount of time, bro, why they did we it with this? the TNT championship, and and Cody was gone for like what two weeks. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. But all right, you maybe I don't agree with any of these interim championships. But if you're going to do that shit, fine, do that to those belts. Don't do it to the world championship, though. No, don't do it. Just strip him of the title and crown a new champion. That's it. That's, That's it. it. And, Absolutely you know, maybe agree. have the top contenders inside of the tournament. So I agree. So people actually look forward to the said tournament. And rather it's, than people it's like... miss. I mean, the it ass really boys. The ass boys were in there. Man. Ass the ass boys. boys. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. Hey, and they've been fucking... Seriously, are they not growing on you, Jago? Seriously. Bro, I, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, holy shit, these guys are getting really, really good. They're getting Absolutely. really good. Hey, man, everyone that's been hating on them is going to be clapping them eventually. 
Yeah, and Danhausen got him over with the ass boys. <laughs> he did. Absolutely I mean, did. It, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what happened? Absolutely. It's absolutely what happened. Oh, that's brilliant, bro. That's that's awesome. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for watching and or listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and then visit us over at the blow off blow off at the blow off. Uh, you can keep up with me across social media platforms at not Jargo, Jimmy T at underscore DJ mass FX underscore again. And then of course, over at the PWC, Jimmy T, anything else that you want to plug, promote, put over before we get out of here. Um, just check out the PWC network.podbean.com where you can check out mine and the vets show that we did earlier today, which is quite interesting. Um, and yeah, just follow me. Like you said at DJ mass effects. All right. We will talk to you next week for a new edition of the blow off for now. Well, we'll just let Dan Housen tell you. Hello. Yes. Dan Housen here. It's a wonderful gift to Billy ass and the ass boys. Dan Housen, great friend, great strong friend, Billy ass and a gift for his wonderful ass boys. A new entrance theme song. So that way they can embrace the ass and enter to the proper musics. Dan Housen has hired musical professionals to do such a thing. Dan Housen wrote the lyrics himself. So enjoy. We're the ass boys. name